Welcome to Direct Connect, everyone. We got uh, Brian Carr, Leonard Chamberlain. I'm still Nick Weber. Today I'm a little more mobile, so enjoy the view of the inside of my car. Um, how are you guys doing? Doing pretty good. Good. I'm still Leonard time. Chamberlain, just like you. Yeah, still, still Brian Carr. <laughs> That's good. Glad to see you guys haven't changed. Yeah, so uh, getting ready for Independence Day, 4th of July. Apologies to our Canadian friends. They may not get some of this, but eh. they probably know American history better than most of us do, so. Probably true. Hey, they, they still have 4th of July up there. It's just not celebrated the same, right? right? They don't skip it. Another day. They don't do two-thirds? Yeah. <laughs> you guys got any big plans for the weekend? Anything to celebrate as we go into it? No, just uh, just some time with family and obviously some good fireworks. Nothing too crazy planned right now. <clears throat> here, here. Um, you know, advance apologies to the uh, Homeowners Association and our neighbors who uh, don't... Uh, <laughs> Don't participate in the birthday party. That is uh, the Fourth of July. Glad yep. you're uh, you're getting ahead of that one with the, the public service announcements there. But, <laughs> yeah. Sounds pretty similar. To what we got, but I got, got me thinking yesterday as we were teeing this one up and figuring out what we want to talk about. Just kind of the Independence Day, the birth of the nation, and about the birth of NERC, and back to the the Northwest blackout and taking New York offline for a couple of days, and all the subsequent things we've gone through since then, starting with the, the O&P standards going from, hey, these are some good ideas we should all do voluntarily to mandatory enforceable, obviously the urgent action um, on the SIP side, um, back to the good old days of, of Mike Asante telling everybody they got to take it serious, um, to where we are now, where on the SIP side we've got 13 standards, ranging from categorization all the way to physical security of substations and I'm sure there'll be more that comes along eventually, but what are you guys' thoughts kind of looking back on reflecting on how far we've come, the things we've, we thought we knew, anything we knew better before? Every once in a while, I look at that. Are we, <laughs> are we backsliding anywhere? That's another one that I always ask myself, whether it's honestly personally or professionally. But any <laughs> thoughts as we jump into that light topic there for you? Yeah, I don't, I'm not going to jump into your uh, personal backsliding, you know. No tendencies but uh i know there's some more stories there maybe for one of the archer after hours sessions yeah. we'll have there's plenty of stories there but hey you know i yeah it's it's interesting to reflect on where we've come from right i mean i i got involved in sip compliance uh, back in 08 and it's come a long ways i guess in some aspects um it's certainly grown quite a bit you know i think i think back to kind of some of the original intent and purpose of of the standards and trying to address some of the basic cybersecurity, physical security issues, you know, and talking specifically on the SIP side of things, but, um, you know, was it was a, was a very, I won't call it rudimentary, but, you know, initial attempt at, at addressing issues, you know, and trying to, trying to secure these systems, in particular OT technology and, and those systems that typically weren't secured. I mean, we've all, we've all heard stories and seen instances where oh this device is too old you know or whatever nothing can be done with it and you know that potentially poses a, you know a huge vulnerability to the system so just thinking about yeah in the in the, in the broader context like it's it's certainly come a long ways um is it is it better well we can talk about that um it's different you know it's enhanced it's different yeah there you go <laughs> it's enhanced in some aspects um 
But yeah, we, we can talk more detail about it. I'll let Leonard you know, chime in. There's very wise thoughts, Leonard. I expect a lot out of this. Oh, no pressure. <laughs> no, not to be no, not at all. We're all no. <laughs> no, we're talking about, you know, the birthday of the, the nation, um, you know, and, and also the, the birth of NERC, you know. Um, a lot of people don't realize uh, FERC is much older than NERC. Uh, it was actually established in 1920. Uh, to regulate hydro dams that uh, had just become a thing. Uh, thank you, Mr. Tesla. Um, and, um, <clears throat> you know, it wasn't until 1968 where you had that first, uh, you know, blackout uh, in New York that uh, NERC was then established. Uh, you mentioned OMP standards, you know, those had kind of come along, I guess, what, in the, the 90s, some, somewhere in there, early 2000s, those started uh, coming into play. Um, but then, yeah, another blackout, 2000, what, uh, 2002, 2003, 2003, um, you know, New York again, that area. Um, and even though that wasn't a cyber attack, you know, part of the, uh, after action report and lessons learned was that, you know, we were severely lacking in that regard, you know, equipment that, you know, in this industry, in the electric sector, you know, not like your typical IT sector where, uh, you know, equipment's upgraded every, you know, four or five years, you know, a 30-year, you know, lifespan had been the norm for decades. Um, and, uh, you know, what do we do? Do we retrofit? Do we pull stuff out? Uh, regardless of those questions, um, yeah, 2008, um, Order 706 comes along and um, made the world a better place, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's a, um, that's a word. <laughs> yeah. I mean, have the, have the standards continued to uh, mature in the time frame since then? I mean, uh, I think so. Uh, you know, the initial versions, there were a lot of things that FERC directed NERC to do that uh, took a while to, to, to come to fruition. Um, but again, I, you know, you, you see this track record of kind of a little bit of reactionary, um, you know, um, rather than proactive action. Um, you know, not only the two blackouts that really kind of spurned the creation of NERC and then, you know, the, the, the SIP standards and, and Federal Power Act of 2005 really, I think, was, was more the initial um, outcome there. But, <clears throat> um, you know, the, the, theoretically, the standards and the auditing process and all of that should, should continue to mature, but we've seen more of a, a roller coaster, uh, I think, of, um, you know, various regions getting stronger, various regions getting more relaxed. Um, so it's certainly been an interesting journey. Yeah, I think one of the, one of the challenges, you know, I vividly recall was, and just talking about that that maturity or that evolution, um, Leonard, you, you referenced uh, thinking back to the original version five drafting team. I sat through, uh, worked at Pacific Core at the time, sat through almost all of those drafting team meetings over, I don't know how long it was, felt like an eternity, a couple of years. Um, you know, as an observer there, and and the struggle with the industry trying to develop standards that would apply to not just IT systems, but, you know, the, the OT, you know, and I, I was in the generate, worked in a generation environment, a lot of power plants and, and the like, and 
became really apparent to me that a lot of the drafting team really didn't fundamentally understand or had very little experience in those OT environments. They may have been, I don't want to make anybody mad, but, you know, they may have been management. They may have been, you know, peripherally involved or they knew how to spell, you know, PLC, um, which for some people is, is more difficult than you'd think. <laughs> but, you know, there, there's, there's, a, there's a, lot, a lot of struggle when, when you're trying to apply cybersecurity standards to those types of devices and those systems. They're, they're not IT systems by any means. And, and as you mentioned, Leonard, with things that have been in place for 30 years, I mean, that, that is the OT environment, right? It's like, if it works, you know, let it keep working. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, why are we touching these things? You know, they're, they're literally running, you know, these yep. turbines or these systems, you know, that, that are, that are producing power. And in, in my example, um, but and, and I think there still continues to be. I think we've come a long ways in that, at least in understanding. But but really, really struggled to understand how those environments are constructed, how they're managed or not managed. Um, you know, just everything about it. There was this constant rub where, oh, you can say this and it sounds good, and we can write this in the standard, but it's totally not applicable to a PLC, for example, or some other, you know, field controller or you know, various devices. So that, that's always been a struggle. And I think it's still, I know it's still there, but I think we've seen that mature, or at least the approach and perhaps the understanding, maybe that's what's adjusted more is understanding from an auditor's perspective, um, you know, that not, not every device is as capable as a Windows server, uh, for example. Um, mm -hmm. Can't, can't accept or, or support a lot of the controls or, or protections that you're, you know, that are required to put in place. Um, so that was just, yeah, something I was thinking about. Just, I remember back to those meetings, man, just the arguments and the, and I mean, it, it yeah, it, it was really interesting to watch it develop and say, all right, you know, this, this, like, they really don't get a lot of these environments, but they're trying to ram these standards or, or, you know, put them in place so that it covers everything. And well, it doesn't really, you know, necessarily cover everything. Which, which led to a lot of, uh, no, you can't do, uh, you can't do a vulnerability assessment scan because you're going to brick everything. You're going to crash. Yeah. You're going to bring the system yeah. down. Uh, I personally may or may and, not have been involved have in been something like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I've been to the one drafting team, but yeah, I remember Brian's stories before I went to that kind of teeing me up for it because I expected it to be very congenial and everybody's talking and everybody wants the same thing. And, and the more I study history, the more I realize it's a whole lot like when they were uh, debating whether or not to send the Declaration of Independence well, of course we want to do, we want to be independent, but not that way. A lot of those kind of conversations. That was right. my, my take on SIP 14, the drafting as well. Everybody wants to get there, yep. but man, so many details and um, everybody well, trying to get it right. But now we're on dash eight, I think. I think that's our highest rev, isn't it? Three dash eight. Yeah. And not, and not to mention, you know, this is being drafted by industry, right? So not only do you have the technological struggles of understanding the systems but you have the well let's call it like it is you have the political struggles where industry is writing standards for itself and there's there's some entities who wanted them to be as lax and as unenforceable or unauditable as possible and a few other entities who you know really wanted something good out of it so there was that battle that was going on behind the scenes and out in front of everybody um the political side of it i think for me personally like seeing that happen that that was that was uh, hard to watch. And I think 
for me kind of tainted the experience is there were there were a lot of ulterior motives from some of the uh, you know some of the members and um, it was quite frustrating at times to be honest with and even digging a little deeper with the industry not everybody has is on the drafting teams a technical expert and frankly nor true. should they be but they just when they start trying to present themselves as technical experts but they're a compliance manager or general counsel some yeah. swim lane yeah. uh, creep there <laughs> what about creep or full-on crossover but you know i may or may not have had the uh, standard drafting team refer to darren nielsen as the peanut gallery <laughs> I can defense, either confirm or deny. i've been called worse <laughs> today yeah what do you guys think i mean do, do you think overall let's look at the big picture you know as we're talking about this kind of the birth of nerk until today like do you feel like the industry is better for it overall i'll drop the hot take absolutely um uh when i was a security manager if i if I could rope something in as a compliance requirement, my budgetary hurdles got a lot shorter. Um, and honestly, I think that's the big piece. The other one is the awareness stuff. I think there are a lot of utilities that if they didn't have it, they had been living in their own space for so long that they may not even realize some of this stuff and definitely not the senior management. It was definitely not on their radar. Yeah, I, I would agree with you, Nick. I mean, that overall it's it's been a move in a positive direction has it been you know in the right way and in the right timing uh, that's up for debate but um, certainly i've seen industry adjust and change for the better um, nick your example of just the awareness yeah they're they're a, a huge swath of of the industry would still just you know be chugging along and have no no awareness no visibility or understanding of, of what's going on out there so there's definitely been some benefit to it. I won't say it's, you know, it's perfect by any means, um, nor has it been approached perfectly, but. Yeah, go back to the, the 4th of July analogy. I mean, uh, no taxation without representation. Uh, you know, it was almost <laughs> like no regulation without uh, representation. Um, you know, with the, the industry being part of the standard drafting teams, essentially writing the standards that they have to eventually comply with, you know, uh, from an uninformed perspective, you know, you, you question, you know, is that, um, is that really the best approach to have the, the, the people that, that are going to have to comply with the standards writing them. And, and I think there's pros and cons to that. You know, it's always ironic when we're, you know, in front of clients and they're complaining about, um, the uh the vagueness in the wording and you know why can't uh NERC get this right and it's uh be on the standard drafting team you know there's uh industry groups that are pushing for for this verbiage it goes through quite a lot of reviews and um it's they're they're very meticulously uh chosen so there's always some some angle uh in my opinion and you know the words that end up in the standards um are we better off uh, going back to that question i would say definitely um, you know, they, they've moved the needle, the needle, they've established minimum, you know, baselines, if you will, security, uh, postures that, um, you know, may not have been implemented otherwise. So. Yeah. I, I think one of the, one of the constant struggles that I've, I've had, um, you kind of alluded to it and we've, we've all talked about it, but the, just the documentation level of, you know, or the level of documentation that's required. Um, that's that's one of those maturity things I think that that I 
would love to see take a different direction. Um, you know, with with all of these, even from the onset, again from from 2008 when I, you know, was baptized into SIP, uh, documentation heavy. You know, from then then on, and it was it it seemed like it was a 75-25. You know, 75% documentation, 25% doing, and, and that that can be very frustrating. Obviously, the administrative burden is is pretty significant, but that's. You know that that's a piece I'd love to see mature over the years. Um, yeah, it, it's been been a constant battle. I got sidetracked when you when you said uh, baptized into SIP. I started envisioning <laughs> what that would actually look like, and I'm not seeing you know John the Baptist in the river, you know, pushing you down and bringing you up, but more uh, a waterboarding esque experience. <laughs> I was actually thinking of. You know, they talk about baptized by fire, but then I was thinking maybe it was a, a dumpster that was on fire and you were being baptized in it and it, just the whole thing came together. But who who would be John the Baptist in this scenario? <laughs> would, would it be Morgan King or not? Sip Jesus. Sip Jesus? Well, oh, okay. Maybe I got the wrong guy then. So I, one question, you know, I'd like to get your guys' thoughts on too is, uh, you know, the difference between operations and planning and SIP. I mean, O&P has been around obviously much longer that was kind of the you know the, the beginning right of the voluntary standards um, why do you think they've taken seemingly different tracks or different approaches is it simply because there's more engineering based things in in O&P or obviously the drafting teams are very different but I feel like they've started out you know the way they are and they've continued yet SIP came along and and kind of plowed its own its own lane right and was that was that necessary or do we think do we think there's ever going to be a time where there where those standards become more similar i think there's two pieces at play from my perspective one is just the the age of the o and p standards a couple mm -hmm. decades of being voluntary first to get get it dialed in but the bigger one i think when yeah. you really get past the that lazy answer is the technology diversity um and the, what, it, what it all can do, when you look at it from O&P perspective, all the different technology we see across the BEZ generally does the same kind of thing. So you can do more of a checklist approach mm. versus SIP where all the, a lot of different ways to get, get to compliance in SIP. Maybe there's some opportunities for some overlap, but, but again, I think, you know, per, per Nick's point, I mean, you're talking about uh, something that's been around longer, um, you know, much more restricted set of operations much more conducive to checklist approaches um, you know procedural based requirements um, whereas you know when you start talking about the cyber assets and and all the potential um, angles that uh, you know traditional IT type equipment introduces it's a whole different you know, can of worms insofar as the vulnerabilities you need to address. So the degree to which the um, standards can overlap, I mean, again, we would have it have to be very <laughs> high level, um, you know, very general um, terms to be applicable to all these different types of, uh, um, you know, vulnerabilities and situations that we're trying to address. We always had a lot of, I don't know, a lot of fun with, uh, with the OMP auditors and, you know, they, they 
didn't necessarily like us sip guys, you know. And then there were some of those who crossed over and played played both sides of that. Uh, uh, but yeah, just just oftentimes wondering. Yeah, it's I agree with what you guys are saying. It's very those OMP standards are very different, you know, and kind of a different purpose and different uh, different set of different set of requirements altogether. Um, yet all designed to accomplish the same thing, right? Yeah, and, and the O&P side, and I'm probably going to take some, some heat for this one, but most of the, the things <laughs> look at for O&P, 1 plus 1 is always 2. You get in a sip, yeah. one, plus two, 1 plus 1 might be F. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> blue. Who knows where yeah, it is? Yeah, 1 plus 1 is blue. <laughs> it's true. Kind of the art and science, I think. There's a lot more uh, yeah. science involved in the O&P side. Not that it's easier or harder by any stretch. Yeah. It's just, it's cleaner, I'd say. Um, we can all agree that one plus one is two there. Um, even within the audit team, we couldn't agree that one plus one equal blue. So those yeah. are always some fun ones. Which, trying to interpret. Which, which shade of blue? <clears throat> yeah. Right. More of a teal. Yeah. Last week we said it was aquamarine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, gents, it's been. Interesting way to look at the uh, the NERC side, looking at it through kind of historic and the, the Independence Day lens. But any more th any parting thoughts on that before we wrap it up? And Leonard heads off to terrorize the neighborhood with fireworks, and Brian doesn't go up to Wyoming to buy any. Hey, who says I haven't already been? <laughs> we don't call it a cul-de-sac de fuego for anything around here. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think as big of a struggle as it's been, I mean, think about the birth of the nation. I'm sure. You know, obviously none of us were there, but I'm sure it wasn't an easy thing and it wasn't, uh, you know, a smooth ride. Um, there lots of differing opinions, lots of differing approaches, uh, but ultimately, you know, come together to, to form the country and, and, you know, bring it to, to what it is today. Um, I think that foundation was laid and I, I could say that, you know, from a reliability and security perspective, similar things happening, you know, in, in the NERC space right from the birth of NERC to now um, it hasn't been smooth sailing it hasn't been you know without uh, lots of argument and, and disagreement although as I think all three of us talked about um, ultimately is for the better of the industry right and and so looking forward hoping that that you know the standards continue to evolve and and you know again my personal plug you know to become less documentation heavy and um, you know, and, and, and have auditors that, that can fully understand, you know, the systems and, and, you know, the various requirements and be able to audit those effectively. I think there's, there's still quite a bit of evolution to come, um, which, which you look forward to, you know, again, for, for the betterment of all and mm -hmm. for the security and reliability of, of our critical systems here. So I think that's, that's something to look forward to. And, you know, as we celebrate Independence Day, it's, you know, good opportunity to sit back and think about the birth of the nation and where, where it came from to where it is today. So the great experiment that is NERC or <laughs> democracy. Uh, yeah, that's right. Leonard, you got any I'll, parting uh, thoughts? Close shots. Thoughts, just, um, you know, happy birthday, America. Everyone have a safe 4th of July. Um, point the, uh, flaming end of your firework away from your face. <laughs> um, 
those uh, short fuses will go fast. So don't don't be holding on to those too long. No, I think it's uh, this was uh, this was a fine discussion, and I uh, enjoyed the uh, trip down memory lane of uh, the days of of your of sip and nurk and yeah i mean it it uh you know again the grid is connected um you know the whole country uh so very very similar to the states coming together hopefully uh to your to your point brian the sip standards continue to evolve and and get better less um overhead and burden on utilities for the paperwork aspect and you know more uh more on the security aspect so um, we always say good good compliance is not a, always uh, good security you know let's make sure that we're prioritizing the things that uh, you know keep the keep the nation safe a lot of wisdom right there so well thanks for joining you guys take care have a great weekend talk to you all soon okay thanks everybody see ya not only is Direct Connect available to listen to, you can also watch each episode on our YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com forward slash at ArcherU. If you're interested in who we are and what we do, you can head on over to our website at archerint.com. You can also follow us on our social media platforms, Archer International on Facebook, Archer Energy Solutions LLC on LinkedIn, and at Archer SEC on Twitter. Thanks for listening and check back every other week for brand new episodes of Direct Connect.